Welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast with Gemma and Makala. We're both coaches and entrepreneurs, passionate about teaching you how to set up and run your coaching business, create more time and manage your mind. Because you're changing the world one mind at a time. Hello and welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast, episode 50, the podcast for coaches who are looking for more time and freedom in their businesses so they can keep on coaching. Hello, it is Gemma with he- here with you today. Welcome everyone. And we have a very special guest, Dr. Christina Arnold. Hello, Christina. Thank you for Hi, joining Gemma. us today. We're so excited to have you here. How are you? So good. Thank you for inviting me. I love your podcast and it's great to see you again. Oh, so good. So excited. We're going to have a really good episode here today. So we're really excited to have you here. But first of all, Christina, can you please tell us what it is you do? Um, I, yeah, tell us everything. I'm a master certified professional life coach. I coach mainly women in medicine on how to go from burnout to feeling better by stop overworking without the guilt, but a good portion of my clients are also coaches. So we do mindset and strategy on how to help them be happy in their job and their businesses and fill their practices with their best clients. Yeah. Beautiful. And you've already answered the other question we usually ask is, uh, how is what you do support coaches? But you just answered that so perfectly. So thank you. Sure. <laughs> Love it. Well, again, let's let's dive right into it, shall we? So we're here today to discuss the three-step procrastination cure. For some reason, I can't speak today, but that's okay. So let's try that again. We're discussing the three-step procrastination cure. It's actually a little bit of a challenge to say. So first of all, can you tell us what what is procrastination really? Right. What a great question. So I would keep it super simple. It's putting off a task that we intended to do. And it's generally because we're avoiding a big emotion like dread or overwhelm or fear or confusion. Mm. Yeah. And is that, is that why we do it? Like, why do we Rest <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love that too. So I want to start with, I think our society, our culture stigmatizes procrastination. The world tells us that it's shameful, that we're wrong, that we're lazy, that something is wrong with us if we're procrastinating. But I really like to look at it in a whole new way and partly because I'm a procrastinator. So I have been through it all. And how I like to teach it is that it makes us human that all humans procrastinate what some humans admit it and others don't, (laughs) but no, I started that lens and that nothing's gone wrong. Actually, I coach on that. It's a survival advantage. So if I take you back to our cave person ancestors, there were the folks who were on the front lines who would go out and chase the mammoths and go and hunt and gather. And they were great providers for our society, but they also got picked off a little more easily because they were out there on the front lines Mm. where the procrastinators, like people maybe related more to me might've hung around and we, we were great with helping build our culture, but maybe we didn't go out there on the front lines all the time. We might've lived longer. And so our genes kind of got perpetuated. And, and today, most people who are here procrastinate at some level and nothing has gone wrong. I like to kind of bring it back to that. 
The second thing is that this is kind of a little bit coach speaky, but just for one sentence is we know the motivational triad, the brain loves to save energy, decrease pain and increase pleasure. And so procrastination kind of hits all of that in some ways Mm. that if when we're procrastinating, we're trying to save our energy, decrease the emotional pain and increase our pleasure. Maybe that's watching Netflix, for example. So I like to say, listen, if we can kind of start shedding the shame around procrastination and consider it could be a survival advantage. And if we use it strategically, it could actually be helping us in our businesses. Yeah, right. And yeah, I'm 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 glad you brought up the the shame part of it again. Like I'm really curious as to why do you think society sort of makes it so shameful to procrastinate? Like what do you think that's about? That's really interesting. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah, it's all around us. I think there's just um, a part of society that to be good children, or we may even learn as children, like to be good mm-hmm. kids, we do our chores, we do what we're told, we do it on time, we mm-hmm. stay ahead, we have all our homework tucked in. So we learn from a very early age, good people do these certain things on time. And then as we go into our work culture, there's people saying, well, we depend on you. So you need to get this done. So not only you're a good person, but so the whole system can function. And if we don't, we're told, well, now that's shameful. You're bad. You're lazy. And you've now inconvenienced the whole group. So there's a lot of pressure on having, uh, we get a lot of pressure and a lot of messages on doing more and how our behavior links to others. And if we don't act in a certain way, that's where the shame can start coming in if we make ourselves wrong. Mm, totally. Oh, I'm so fascinated. Just it's all my cute, my curiosity cues in my brain right now, just going ping, 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 tell me everything. <laughs> which brings me to my next question, actually, which what you touched on at the end, which I'm so fascinated about, but how then can we use procrastination as an advantage in business? Right. So I describe five procrastination profiles. These are the five most common ways procrastination will present itself. And so let me walk you through two and show you how you can use them as an advantage. The first is the sneakiest, but it's very pervasive. I call it the fake procrastinator. These are the people who say, I'm not a procrastinator. Procrastinator? (laughs) Here's how (laughs) it will look. This is a coach maybe who's like, I want to get this course off the ground next year. And they're already 12 months ahead of time. They're already like in so much shame and mm-hmm. fear. I can't get it done. It won't be perfect. There's no way I'm going to have to quit. And they start already hating on themselves and their business. So I call it a fake procrastinator because they actually always do get things done, but there's this lead up to it. That's very painful. And so it's not quite a true procrastinator, but it's, it can feel very paralyzing. And so what I like to offer, if you are, or so listeners, a fake procrastinator is where would you be if you drop the resistance and judgment of your process? So that it's like, this is, if I always get it done and it always happens on time, what if this isn't even procrastination? This is my process. My mm. process is not a problem. So how we can use that to our advantage is it helps remove and unpack the shame around our behavior. And it can feel very empowering for your brain to hear, this is not a problem. This is just my process. 
Yeah. That's one. Amazing. Yeah. Well, it's two. I can't, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two, as I call the second profile, is the purposeful procrastinator. It's fascinating. So this is someone who's procrastinating and they actually have a really good reason to procrastinate. So the example would be a coach who tells herself, I want to set up my podcast. And as soon as my podcast is set up, then I must write my book because she sees that everyone out there has a podcast and then has a book and this. So she's got a kind of A through Z algorithm, step-by-step what she will do in her coaching business, but she hates writing books. And so she finds herself procrastinating on the podcast because she's like, well, I don't want to finish this podcast because then I have to do this book. And she tells herself she's procrastinating. But what's really happening is her brain has a better idea of how to do things. Her brain doesn't want to go A through Z. Her brain wants to go A and then one and then two. It has its own pattern. And so if you are a purposeful procrastinator, I would consider if you're procrastinating, think, is there, the question to ask yourself is, is there a better way to do this? Instead of avoiding the book, we could also tell ourselves we don't have to do the book in order to be successful in our business. Mm -hmm. If we love podcasting, we could fall in love with podcasting and we could use that, leverage that, our strengths, what we love, what we're passionate about to create a beautiful business. Yeah. So good. (laughs) Oh, I love it so much. And I want to go back to something you said earlier um, because you did mention all humans procrastinate, right? Um, So, of course, uh, my brain straight away was like, no, we don't. You know, because I I am just going, going and doing and doing and doing all everything and getting everything done, right? But I must procrastinate somewhere at some point. So we'll be curious to explore. Right. So please tell me more about that. Look. Okay. Yeah. So usually, and I'll see this, especially with people in medicine Mm. who um, have grown up to be like a very, and and this could be also with the, with coaches as well as that we have built this business and we have been known to be, our name is our picture is on our logo. We're up front and we want, we have this idea that, or we have come to this identity. Do we do everything on time? And so it's, it's interesting when I'll, I'll run up, especially against physicians who'll be like, that is for sure. Not me. I never procrastinate. I have all my charts closed. I have everything done. My license is up to date. My practice is full. And then I ask them, and when was a lot, tell me about your self-care. How are you sleeping? How are you like spending time not thinking about your business? Mm-hmm. Where is your time to abs- have a blank calendar with nothing to do? And that's when they'll be like, oh, oh yeah, okay, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. That is procrastination on maybe your most important role, which is taking care of yourself. And that piece helps support the rest of the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you relate to that, if any of your audience relates, like I have a hard time stopping my work at the end of the day, I have a hard time, like not working. We want to just bring up awareness. You might be procrastinating in this more subtle way that the society might not see, might seem very prolific. You might have lots of podcasts, lots of podcasts and events and clients, but if you don't have any downtime for you, that procrastination is something you just at least want to bring into your awareness. And the solve for that will be to decide your self-care is a priority and be curious on how you can support that. 
Mm-hmm. But the main tool, I think telling a win-win story. So I hear a lot of coaches will say, well, I can't read for pleasure because every waking moment needs to be towards my business or towards my family, but nothing mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. We go on and reverse that story, engineer that story to something that's supportive. Like actually when I take care of me first, which maybe that's reading a book for pleasure, 10 minutes a day, it helps me show up with a cleaner mind for my clients. It helps me be a better, more present mom for my kids. Self-care can help me grow my business. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. It's yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, that's the one thing for me. I was just like, Oh, ding, ding, ding. Um, (laughs) yeah, that is, is, 100% what I procrastinate on the self-care and I remember back when we were doing our coach training I it was my my biggest task for me was to um you know do self-care and and, you know it was like a a forced thing almost to make sure it was on my calendar Mm. to make sure I was doing it otherwise I never would have done it and it was such a process and it still is it's still a challenge for me you know, it's so interesting. So for you and for other people out there, instead of like putting the calendaring or self-care at the end, it might be helpful to start with the self-care to make that the priority. And it can be small steps, (laughs) whatever that means for you start small. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting because I was, I was prioritizing it, putting it first, Mm -hmm. make sure, you know, but I've sort of just realized it's, slowly made its way back into the old habit you know and it's so interesting because often you don't you don't catch it if you're not you know on top of it um so thank you something that I need to. <laughs> you are welcome I need it too by the way I developed I'm... these five profiles after myself I've been through all of them so I didn't amazing yeah. yeah, I actually, I had, I would plan to do a procrastination launch and I procrastinated for about a year on it. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to write down all the things my brain offers me and I'm going to use that as my webinar. So I'm walking you through Amazing. all the things a year ahead of time. I was like, I can't do it. And then, yeah, all of these different are real life, true stories. I love it. And it's really good. It's almost like having this conversation is like normalizing procrastination Mm. because as, as you've said, it's looked upon as being really shameful and this and that. It's like, well, no, actually, you know what? I do procrastinate on that. And guess what? I created this amazing concept out of it. And, you know, it's, it's really nice to actually have this open conversation of, yeah, all these times I did procrastinate, you know, and not look at it in a bad thing because look how you did use that you know, mm-hmm. as in your business. So it's, it's fascinating. I love it. And uh, I think that's one of the best things about coaching is that our clients or when we're serving our clients or when we see where we see our clients struggle can often reveal the work we need to do on ourselves. Yeah. And we do it on ourselves first. Like my clients were like, find a lot of procrastinating. And then I realized I'm doing it. And then I could bring up this training and help them and deliver value for them in a meaningful way. And just as coaching, if we can kind of look at it, our businesses in this way, what do my clients need? How can I solve for it and create the most impact? Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Um, oh, so good. And I, I think it brings me into something that would be really helpful to have a chat about. Speaking of procrastination in this way, how does perfection, perfectionism then show up in, in procrastination? That There's just way too many big P words. <laughs> <laughs> 
because oh my I'm gosh, so good. Right, it's just too many big p words, but I'm sort of hearing bits and pieces of maybe the two of them are somehow something's happening there. So tell me about that. I think this, what you hit on, is the most common form of procrastination. Yeah. That it is perfectionism that holds us back. So it might sound something like this. There's a coach who wants to make her an offer, but she's thinking, oh my gosh, I can't risk rejection. I would be so humiliated if nobody signs up for my webinar, if nobody takes me up, if no one comes and visits my website, no one listens to my podcast is a common one that I've heard on your, your podcast as well. So what's happening there is there's a part of our brain who wants everything to be perfect. It doesn't want to put themselves out there until we have the book and the podcast and all these, and the website and the niche and everything drilled down. And what's happening, what you want to notice is it's your brain trying to protect you from an uncomfortable feeling. Like in this case, maybe rejection or humiliation or embarrassment, but the, what is really interesting to note is that it always backfires. So for example, the coach who doesn't put an offer because she's afraid of rejection, she doesn't put her offer out there. So she's rejected her own offer. She hasn't even put it out in the world. Mm -hmm. So this thing we're avoiding, we actually wind up creating more of. So the solve for this, what I offer for this, what really helped me, I what I think can be useful is if you are out there, you have a listener's a perfectionist procrastination is what if everything you want is on the other side of this one feeling it starts having everything be a little like, what if you were willing to be humiliated? What if you were willing to be embarrassed or feeling rejected, it's a feeling that you would have sometimes when you thought you were doing things wrong. But if you were willing to feel it, what wouldn't you try in order for your dream or in order to get your business to the place that you'd like to have it? So something that I do to help with that is we have in our, in my group, I think it's just a great exercise is to have a hundred planned fails a year, like telling ourselves we are going to fail these number of times. And it just helps your brain realize you're not going to die. It will feel the first time you'll be like, oh my gosh, I think I might die, but mm -hmm. you won't. Mm -hmm. And then I couple that with evaluating. So we'll go through and like evaluating. Okay. How did I, did that work for me? What do I want to dial in differently? How can I make it better next time? So that every fail brings you a win. The more you learn, the more successful you'll be. Our capacity to create great success will depend on our capacity to be willing to feel these feelings. And through the evaluation process, we just relook at what if we could make failure fun? Yeah. That changed everything for me. When I was a practicing physician, I was like, oh my God, I'm so humiliated. Me on social media talking about coaching. And I just saw my business very small and constrained. And then mm. I realized, but what if I was willing to be humiliated? And it changed everything. I felt like it unleashed everything. And that's the point my business exploded and I was able to retire from medicine. I was making more money in coaching than medicine. And so I just want to offer that to your group as well. Like what if you're the thing you're trying to not feel, what if you could just be willing to feel it in order to create the success you want in your business? Yeah, of course. And how do we find what it is that we're afraid of feeling? How do we sort of make, make that discovery? Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I think this is where you'll ask yourself a lot of questions like, mm -hmm. what's the worst that could happen here? Mm -hmm. 
and let your brain go there. And then you just follow that train. Okay. And then what would I feel at the end? So for my example, the worst thing that happened was like, oh my gosh, my colleagues are going to see me on social media. So I was like, okay, so what? So then what would I feel? Then I would feel really embarrassed. They're going to see that I'm not just a doctor. I'm trying to do this other thing. And so the feeling I was fighting was embarrassment. So that's what your client or the listeners can ask themselves. What is the worst thing that will happen? And then how will I feel when that happens? That's the feeling you're trying to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. I love it. I love all of it. And what about, we've talked about your different types of procrastinators here. Um, What about the last type of procrastinator? Okay, this one is my favorite. Oh, goody. It's probably the least common, but it is fiery. Are you ready? Oh my God, I so am. (laughs) Here it is. You're going to hear it here first on this podcast. I call it the revenge procrastinator. All these really moments. So this is like, this is, this is when someone is trying to teach the world a lesson. They want to get revenge on the world. So here's a really common scenario. Yeah, You have a working mom who's running her business. Maybe she has another a day job and she's got the house and the kids and she's exhausted by the end of the day and it's 10 o'clock and she knows that's her bedtime, but she's like, you know what? I want to get revenge on the world because I just spent all my energy and I'm going to stay up scrolling my phone and watching Netflix to two 30 in the morning, because mm-hmm. this is my time. So mm-hmm. it's like revenge procrastination. She procrastinates bedtime, like trying to get revenge on the world. But the problem with this is who we're really getting revenge on is ourselves because in the morning we are, those kids are up still at 6am. Now we've had four hours of sleep and a full day of coaching and all the other things. And so we have gotten revenge on ourselves. And so the work here, if you find yourself in revenge procrastination, why it's fascinating is it reveals actually what you really want. So in this example, the client or the person wants me time. And she thinks the only way she can get it is at 2 a.m. And so the work is figuring out, okay, the 2 a.m. is kind of like really crappy me time. You're exhausted. There's nothing, no good TV on, right? Yeah. So how do we find me time in a way that feels good? Like what if going to bed, getting your eight hours of sleep, giving that gift to your future self is part of your me time. And then we find other ways in the day to find more of what you're looking for. So the idea is you, you figure out through the revenge, like what you want, and then you work on subtracting the other people and delivering to yourself what you ultimately want. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah, that's the revenge progressive. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've, we've all been there, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know I have. Yeah, now you put it that way, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. But of course, it just ends up worse because you're only affecting yourself by staying up, having revenge on the world till 2 a.m. because you're just going to be tired. (laughs) And it's all going to go around in circles. But, yeah, I I think many of us have been there for sure, 100%. Um, So, look, moving on to a bit more of, I guess, time management sort of, stuff is procrastination and time management are they correlated like in any way I really love that I think we get a lot of messaging in the world that procrastination is about bad time management or causes Mm -hmm. bad time management and I and 
I think that the tricky thing with that is that if we think time is the problem, then we're going to think time is the solution. And it winds up being something outside of us. And mm -hmm. I think it really winds up being more mindset. Here's the example for this. I had a client who was full-time do full-time doctor and her, she had her client, her practice. And she was like, I cannot possibly grow my business. I don't have any time. I just need more time. Time was a solution. This thing outside of her. Then she retired and she was like, I cannot run my, I can't grow my business because I have too much time and I need structure of a day job. And so you'll notice is that if we think the answer and solutions outside of us, we're really just kind of trap ourselves. So I like to say, what if time is, is not the issue? Like what else could be going on here? And it just takes you to a deeper level of control over the problem and solution. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, time. Yeah. If you're trying to solve time with time, it, you know, it's, we all have the same time, right? We can't yeah. change from what we know, we can't change time. Yes, we, we can sort of go back and say 24 hours in a day was invented or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Right? But we can't change that. It's completely outside of us. Um, mm -hmm. But something I've always loved to sort of think about is that we all have the same time. It doesn't change for any human on the planet, you know. It's the exact same time. We all have the same 24 hours. We all have the same, you know, 365 days. We, it's this, That doesn't change. You know, what changes is what, what we do with it, how we, right. you know, how we, I guess, figure it out and work it out by, you know, something mm -hmm. from us, inside of us. You know, you can't solve for time yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah which I think is so great about your podcast and about coaching in general is it's about finding the obstacles and removing mm -hmm. them. Yes. So in this discussion, the obstacle really is shame about how mm -hmm. we operate in the world. Yeah. And the more we're able to remove the shame, the more we can access our brilliant brain to create tremendous value in less time. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I, I love it. What about distraction? Tell us about like procrastination versus distraction. How how do they? So, yeah, yeah. Those, I think they're pretty similar. They yeah. might be, and I think they're probably related on a spectrum. Mm. A little like a very subtle distinction I would think is that procrastination is either action or inaction that leads to a delay in a task that you're trying to do because of a negative emotion. Distraction is a little different. It might be your brain is kind of split in different planes. It's thinking about different things, but you could still get the task done on time. It just might take more effort because your mind is not constrained. So I guess it's, I think they're similar, but they might be different in terms of the ultimate result that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So I'm, I'm going to ask the um, ultimate of ultimate do it big questions here are you ready i'm ready how do we stop procrastinating yeah all right <laughs> let's do it i have three steps to it the first though it's actually not a step it's more of the mindset here is mm -hmm. to understand if you understand procrastination has advantages which what we've been talking about the whole session that's part of the cure part of the cure is understanding you could make it strategic you can drop the shame around it. It could be an asset to you. I think that's the biggest mindset shift with procrastination. So we have that in mind. That's the mindset. Now, here are the three simple steps of how I teach how to move out of procrastination is number one 
invent and experience your result ahead of time. So for example, if you imagine you're going to write a book and your brain's like, I'm so overwhelmed by this, that's because you're in the present moment. So step one is go to the place where you have your book. You're holding it. That new book smell is amazing. You're having people email you and saying this. I love your book. It changed my life. I want to take a course with you. Your practice fills up business explodes, go to that place and harness those feelings, which might for many people are pride, success, Mm -hmm. achievement, excitement, happiness. Those are massive feelings. That's the fuel you need to move through to step two, which is to take the next tiniest step, the smallest step. Your brain is going to want to say you need to take another training, get certified, take another class, do lots more research, lots more years. Those are not tiny steps. Tiny steps, an example of a book would be, for example, not not to write um, chapter one, a tiny step would be open a Word document and save it with today's date. That's a tiny step. The tinier the step, the more likely you'll drop into momentum. Now, I find that some people have a hard time making a tiny step. So here's how you know if it's too big. If you don't do it, that means you didn't make a tiny. <laughs> so then cut it in half. And then if you don't do that, cut it. Sometimes you have to cut it in like 25, you know, you have to keep cutting until you see your brain dropping into it. Mm. Step one is invent your emotion ahead of time. Go to the it's done energy place where the book is done. Step two, next tiniest step. And then the third step is you just don't stop until you arrive. You just keep going. Mm. You keep trying until you get there. What will help you stay in motion are these two points. One is to know your value is hundred percent the day you were born. It doesn't increase when the book is done. It doesn't decrease if you are so-called behind on deadlines. And that's going to free you up to think, okay, what do I want to do next then? This is not reflective of, of my value. If you're not solving problems on your value, if you're not dropping into shame about where you are, it'll help you stay in motion. And the second point of how do you stay in motion is to be willing to feel all the feelings along the way. For example, like I'm willing to be humiliated, willing to be embarrassed. I'm willing to put myself out there. The only thing that will stop you is probably your feelings. If you're willing to feel all of them, you'll stay in motion. Yeah. So that's it. That's a cure. Piece of cake. (laughs) It is. Try it. (laughs) That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love, I I love just the chopping it down, you know, but just chop down the task, chop it down again. If you're not doing it, obviously it's too big. So that's very helpful. Yeah. It's going to help so many people. Yeah. So amazing. Oh my goodness. So I guess leading into that, tell us where, where in the world can our listeners find you, please? <laughs> yeah. So you can, my podcast is free. It's called Happy in Medicine with Dr. Christina Arnold, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And then my website is ChristinaArnoldCoaching.com, all one word. And Christina spelled with a C-H. Beautiful. That's amazing. I love it. Thank you so much. But before we finish, please tell us what if you have just one one key takeaway for today, something you, that you absolutely have to leave the listeners with, what, what is that? I want to leave you with this. All humans procrastinate. There's nothing wrong with you. It actually is an advantage if you're willing to use it strategically and let go of the shame around it. The worst that will ever happen to you is a feeling. And with these tools, with these three simple steps, you for sure can handle the feelings. Yeah. 
so powerful. Um, well, goodness, that brings us to the end of this episode. That is so sad. I feel like that went so fast, but it was, oh, there's a world of information in there. So thank you so much for being with us today and for just sharing your incredible wisdom with us. Thank you for having me. This is such an honor for me to be a part of your community today. Oh, thank you so much. I love it. Oh, and yes, everyone, unfortunately, that brings us to the end of this week's episode in the Freedom to Coach podcast. Thank you for being here. And to everyone, have an awesome week changing the world one mind at a time. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about how we can give you the freedom to coach, then check out our website, www.freedomtocoach.com.au. Until next time, take care and keep on coaching.